looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte. Uh, this week's guest is a really good friend of mine, Nemo Elmog, um, from Israel originally. And I mean, I can go back and forth with a few stories with you, Nemo, of how we met. But really how Nemo and I met was he actually had a kiosk at my local mall selling hoverboards, like those, you know, those things that people balance on the two wheels. And I was, oh, it was like back in like 2014, 2015. My friend was working for you. You hired me. I started selling a bunch of them. You fired all the other employees and you made me work like all the shifts because I was selling a bunch. So <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. You want to go ahead and just tell the audience y- your name and where you are right now. Excited uh, to be here. Finally, we're doing this. Yes. Uh, been a long time coming. Uh, my name is Nemo, originally from Israel, moved to Syracuse in 2006, came here to start a retail business, some other stuff, not the uh, hoverboards that Dante was working <laughs> at. Um, and then uh, after making some money, got into real estate in 2011, bought some houses in Vegas when the market was down, um, mainly plug and play, newer built, rented them out, waited for the market to go up. Sold them about double a few years later. Uh, 2011 or 12, started buying in upstate New York, in Elmira, then in Syracuse. It was always a side business mm-hmm. while still having the, um, the kiosks, right? the retail uh, operation, marketing company. Uh, slowly grew it one house at a time. And then uh, some point became my full-time business. Start buying more and more houses, more extensive renovations, build out... Uh, in-house construction teams, uh, the property management team in-house, the brokerage, and now we do everything from A to Z. And uh, yeah, no. So, so uh, total, just to kind of give people an idea, how many units do you have in your portfolio currently? A, about two hundred units. Two hundred here units. in uh, Syracuse. Mostly singles, duplexes, tries, quads, up to I believe your biggest is a six or eight, or maybe a little bigger. Nine. Right? Nine. Nine. Okay, there it is. Yes, I know it sounds like that. So um, yeah, we have uh, we have a few single families, duplexes, uh, three units, four units, five units, uh, and the biggest one is nine. We are working on uh, shifting to some larger multifamilies. Um, but, but what people need to understand is it's not like you're scattered all over the place. There's pockets you really own in. Like this street we're on right now, you own, you know, what, 40, 50 units just right here in a minute yeah, radius. Here here on uh, Holy Green, we have most of our uh, units, um, more than 100 units within walking distance. Wow. So we don't want own one apartment uh, complex community, but we try to buy them in the same location. Yep. We put a lot of money into the renovations. Then we we pretty much not improving just one building. We improving the neighborhood. Exactly. Uh, the more yeah. the more houses we buy and fix. So we kind of uh, playing yeah. monopoly. Yeah, real life monopoly. I mean, the, yeah. the the building we're in right now it's a two family. Your office is on the third floor. And I remember you telling me like this place was a dump. It was so oh, yeah. big, cat piss. Land bank. Right. It, just a piece of crap, honestly. And now it's worth over $200,000, uh, I would say, just cl- about. Cl- close to four. Yeah. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> so, 
I mean, the reason why I wanted to have you on because you were kind of like the guy that got me started in real estate, really. My father, you know, he works in real estate as far as sales, but never the investing side. And so I remember when I was scooting around the hoverboards with you, you know, selling those, which is hilarious. Um, you, I was like, what do you do full time? There's no way you do this full time. And you're like, oh, I, you know, I own a few houses, a few houses. Yeah. You're being very <laughs> modest. I'm like, oh, he has like two or three houses. Um, and you, you told me about, you know, what you did and you said, Hey, you should really get into this. You know, I had that, I, you know, I was very good at sales. You're like, you would be so good at this. You should really try it out. And fast forward a few years, a few years back now, and a few years forward from that conversation, I actually bought my first building from you. So I was looking around, I was trying to pull the trigger. I couldn't find anything. And you actually brought me a property that was in great shape. Uh, the worst property I ever bought. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was got you good that you did. No, it was a good property. I made great money on it. You you made money. I made money, and then I actually sold it recently, and I made money. And uh, win win. Exactly. Everyone won. Um, you know, good tenants in place when I bought it. Good tenants you put in. Good tenants I put in there. Um, and it all made sense. So, uh, again, you're kind of like. I want to say it's like kind of the mentor yeah. aspect. I remember years ago I would be sitting at your kitchen table. And you'd be like, here's the rents, here's the expenses, here's the NOI or the net operating income. You're like, what's the value? And I, I remember I would just like guess. I'd be like, oh, 250. You're like, no, Dante. You know, like, like you would you were you were training me. You really yeah. were. And so I appreciate that greatly. You know, you never look for anything in return, so that means a lot. And we built a friendship. And uh, I know you're in Israel a lot or Florida, so when you're here a few months of the year, you know we always try to get together. Yeah. So I appreciate that. So you came a long way, Dante. I don't know if uh, your listeners know, but uh, Dante over here is crushing it. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, he's uh, he's the man. Thank he's, you. He's uh, crushing it for sure. Yes. So talk to us about. You, you told us how you got. I remember you got started in Las Vegas. Market was down. You bought some stuff. You turned it. But you know. For double but let's really talk about like syracuse so how did you come to syracuse how did you find the syracuse market um, so and talk to us about that so i moved to syracuse in 2006 to start the retail business and i started real estate in las vegas and back then i thought that uh, buying a house and making eight nine ten percent return is is a good deal uh, and after buying those houses i had a friend that had a large operation in uh, upstate in elmira new york and I was, uh, we partnered up, I was the passive investor. I gave him some money that I had from uh, the retail. And then uh, we went and we bought some houses at the auction. He had the teams that fixed them up. And once we finished with the renovations, his team rented, rented them out. And we went to the bank and did cash out refi. Yep. So basically you did a burr before you even yes. knew what a burr was. I didn't know what it was, but um, that's uh, where I learned how to do what I I'm doing today right and i've been doing it for many 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 years until dante came with these books and real estate books and <laughs> i learned what there is a name for what i've been doing all these years it's right. called bear exactly um so we did it in almira i have 13 units over there with a friend of mine i'm not really involved or buying there anymore right you said passive yeah, yeah. i'm passive over there and then uh the end of uh, 2012, I bought my first house in Syracuse, bought it at a tax auction. You want to get into numbers? Of, yeah, yeah, uh, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, bought it for $34,000, uh, single family with an in-law apartment, uh, good neighborhood in Horseshoe Island in Clay. 
and then uh, hired someone to do renovations. I went out of town, came back, the contractor skipped down. Oh, jeez. And then I had a friend of mine that was a GC, so I went with him at nights after his day job to do some of the work, did some of the work myself, gained experience. Yep. It was the first time I ever did any type of construction, so I learned some flooring, some this, some that. You got familiar with the trades, right? Yeah, so um, ended up putting about 60000 into it, rented it out, went to the bank. It was appraised for 135 so I got uh, basically all my money out on the refi. So Plus that, a little bit more, right? Uh, kind of. You have the closing costs and yep. that. So that was the first transaction in uh, Syracuse. Then I was planning to move well, to Miami. Real quick before you go to that, that first property you bought, yeah. you're in the process of selling that, correct? Yeah. So it's kind of like bittersweet. What year was that? I think it was 2012, the first one over here. So almost 10 years later, you're now selling the first property you bought in this area yourself. So Yeah, if this lady going to close, she's uh, yeah. taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, selling it now for 170, 180 under contract. Um so yeah, then the following year I, I was going to move and then end up buying a six unit, a four unit, a five unit. We started initially with some um, lower end renovations, uh, not really got in the place. Right, right. Just more cosmetic stuff. Maybe. Yeah, more cosmetics. Uh, back then renovations were much cheaper, of obviously. Course. Yeah. And then uh, slowly got into buying uh, more and more houses, being more aggressive, uh, did uh, more extensive renovations. And then I grew my in-house construction team. I opened uh, at some point my own brokerage, started hiring people uh, to work on the property management in my company. Been trying to recruit me ever since. Been trying to recruit Dante <laughs> forever. Yeah. Uh, missed my chance when he started. Should have been more aggressive back then. Um, and today we do everything from uh, wholesaling the properties to ourselves. We we get them off market and we just buy them instead of flipping the contract. We would gain the equity. Yep. Sometimes we buy stuff fifty uh, percent on on uh, the dollar, uh, fifty cent, and um, then we do the construction design. I, well, I do the construction design. We have the in-house construction teams. We do the construction. Then the guys at the office do the property management refinancing and, and all that good stuff. And people need to realize like when you say construction, like it's not new construction, but it's also not minor rehabs. Yep. I mean, we're talking, your, your team really does everything. I've seen, you know, you bought a property recently kind of down the street from me for 9,000, the, the land bank yeah. property at the end of Holly. We, we bought that house uh, for 10,000. It was about to collapse and we pretty much rebuilt everything over there the roof the mechanicals you literally the foundation. Dug, out, dug out the foundation yeah the house we dug up the foundation out of the ground. <laughs> yeah we did uh, the roof all the mechanicals inside we gutted everything we did uh, new floor plans we took it from well nothing was there it was uh, banded but yep. uh, we turned them into a three bedroom two bath units and we get in twenty one hundred dollars a piece which is, if you guys don't know the market over here, that's very high rent for a three-bedroom apartment. That's higher than the high. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a good rent for a single-family house. But uh, we do them super high-end. We don't cut corners. We put more money into them than um, what you typically see people do. But we have a nicer finished product. We get... Um, Better tenant base. Higher rents. We get the best tenants in class for, for the locations we're working in. And it's a pleasure to go in the property. It's easier for the girls to manage them. Yep. 
the banks like to see this type of properties. Less they cost and turnover. Yeah, they want to give uh, better financing for this type of properties. And for us in general, it's uh, the way we do business. Uh, it's a different business model than some people buy the house, little paint job and keep it as is with different type of tenants and returns. And um, that's the way we've been doing it. It's been working. We, we grew the portfolio. We... Um, Everything uh, goes good. So that one, for example, because it's, it was very close to where I actually live. So I always, you know, I'd always drive by. I see the process going on and everything. So you, you purchased it for about $10,000. You did a lot of work to it. What were you putting into the property as far as dollars wise? How much was that entire rehab for that project? That one, um, roughly. It, it was a little over 200000 in renovation. It uh, went over budget. We had uh, some serious delays because of COVID, and then uh, which ended up costing us way more. Um, everything was permitted over there, so we had to, to use uh, the plumbers, the electricians, the right. uh, HVACs with the license. But this building makes uh, $40,000, $50,000 a year NOI. So even at 200 cost, yeah. right? Besides mortgage, of course. Yeah. So even after uh, spending so much money, mm -hmm. we still about 20% cap rate on a brand new building, super high end. It's, right. Uh, and what would you say that property is worth? I would say low end for a hundred. Okay. It's, because uh, of those rents you're getting. So yeah. the, the way I kind of look at rents in this market, you know, being an agent, being very familiar with this market and investing in it. If you have a duplex that rents for about a thousand a side, you know, that's valued at about 50, uh, 150,000. But you're talking each side is renting for about 2000, if not a little bit more. So therefore that value is going to be doubled right there. You know, the 150, it's going to be higher than the double. And um, also to consider the, the quality of finishes in the building and that everything is brand new and, and brand new, very high end uh, uh, touches, which buyers and some investors are willing to pay uh, extra for it. Yeah. I mean, you're talking new roof, new foundation, you know, literally everything in this house was new. You're, you got some of the numbers here on the yeah, properties. 40,000 uh, NOI at uh, 8.7%, it's worth 500,000 on yeah. a 220 total cost. Which, those are insane values. Sometimes I don't agree with your values, cause, but they're, they're, see, they're I the got, numbers. I got uh, 213,000 cash offer for 110 Helen. Okay. And I declined. Okay, there <laughs> so, you go. Yeah. So... People need to understand too with what you're doing is you have full crews, you have full time employees. How many administration uh, administrative workers do you have every day in the office that work for you? Two, we, three? We have uh, three plus me overseeing everything, and now we're in the process of hiring someone else. Right, and so they're taking care of on that day to day. What are they doing for you? Uh, every everything that is involved with uh, communication with tenants, any tenants concerns. Um, coordinating management, I mean, um, maintenance, construction, maintenance, maintenance for the apartments, leasing new apartments that we finished the construction on, uh, releasing uh, apartments when tenants move out. Everything that is on um, all the paperwork, all the city, all everything all that involves with uh, managing 200 units. Uh, I'm more on the uh, Construction design, construction management, acquisition, financing with the banks, and oversee everything from, from above, managing uh, the company. Yeah, so that's on the med administration side. 
what about construction side? So it's not like you're just hiring really, you know, third party contractors. You're like, hey, if you got a free week, come on over, do a renovation. Yeah. You're so, talking full crews. Yeah. So I have uh, between 12 to 15 guys full time. And sometimes we're, we're, we have more, sometimes less. Depends. The uh, workload. Right now, it's really hard to find good guys to work. People uh, don't want to work these days. Weird. It's like the government <laughs> gives them free money for sitting on their couch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, so I have these guys and some things we are resubbing out like roofs. We do everything, but we can't keep up with everything we have. So, right. and some of the big stuff you need permitting for, obviously that's not. Oh yeah. House. So plumbing, uh, electric and HVAC that is permitted. We have to hire, um, subs and also, uh, we have another demolition crew. I didn't count this crew beside the subs that we would hire for some other stuff. Yeah. I mean. I even gained a little bit of experience myself, you know, working in some of your properties. So there's, you know, a contractor that we had mutual friends with, went in and did some work with them and really understood, because I knew nothing, you know, I didn't even own a hammer at the time, yeah. but I really got to understand your process, what goes into these properties. That wasn't a full renovation. It was, it was fairly big, but it yeah. wasn't a gut. And it gave me kind of the confidence to understand what was going on in the home, behind the walls. Um, and in <clears throat> properties and, and what kind of made sense to your, your bottom line. Yeah. For, for your listeners that are um, getting education, looking to get into real estate, want to do their first trans- transaction, you got to jump in the water and you got to get into it. Your first transaction might not going to be the best deal in the world. You might not going to double your money on day one. Maybe you're going to break even, but you got to start and you live and learn. You get experience. You're learning as you go. And uh and you got to start. Yeah, it gives you that confidence. And so yeah. it kind of comes back to the first deal you sold me. You know, I was looking at a few properties. I was getting what's called analysis paralysis. I was analyzing all these deals. but Forever. I was, right. I was scared to pull the trigger. And, you know, at one point I was just like, listen, like I need to jump in the water. If I want to learn to swim, I got to jump in the water. And I don't even think I did an inspection on that property. I think... Yeah, I don't think I did. I think we just walked. No, in. just the FHA thing. They did expe- inspection, then we fixed some things. But correct. Uh, but like, I didn't do a home inspection. You know, I I just needed to get in. And, yeah. and do it and make it happen. And, and it turned up okay. You end up doing good with this deal. Oh, yeah. But even course. if you didn't, you you got your first one under your belt. Right. So. It's called the snowball effect. So you start with that first one and you keep rolling and rolling and you go to the next one and the next one. And I bought my second one a month after. Yeah. And I kind of keep moving through. It gave me that confidence. Um, talk to us about the the difference between Syracuse, the United States, and real estate versus back home Israel. Why not invest back home? What's the difference in the real estate market? How does it look? How does it work? Uh, completely different animal over there. Real estate is, uh, in general, very expensive in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, not on pri- prime location in just, I guess, uh, falling apart condo uh, in a remote not desirable location goes for a hundred and fifty thousand that's like dirt cheap um somewhere remote falling apart uh tel aviv you know like the big cities it's uh starting at uh seven hundred thousand uh a million two million and there is also also luxury apartments five ten million stuff like that it's similar to maybe like a miami or like a cali prices prices in israel are uh, or let's say in tel aviv are more comparable to manhattan right okay so for me to and the return on investment as far as cap rate is very very low it's 
similar to New York City, maybe one, two percent return. People buy over there just for uh, appreciation, appreciation with time. Okay. Over there, you just buy something and wait, and most likely it's going to go up in value because Dude. there is not much. Uh, not cash, not as much cash flow there. Right? Yeah, there is, there is not so many houses. Israel is very, very small. It's much, much smaller than the state of New York. Oh, wow. Okay. So real estate goes up over there. But for me, I can buy one condo over there for a million and a half or buy an entire block in Syracuse for a million and a half. So I, <laughs> yeah. I keep on investing my money over here. Yeah. And I have all the, the teams and everything in place. So it's very easy to do uh, uh, to grow the business uh, over here. Exactly. And I, I remember, you know, early on meeting you, come to see, you know, saw your, your house, that's, which you live in a two family, very modest, you know, and I was very amazed with, you know, the, the, the product, basically the home. And then, you know, we went, we hopped in your car, we went for a ride down the street and you're just like, you're pointing left and right back and forth. You're like, yeah, I own that one and that one and that one and this one and that one. And you're like, I'm under contract to buy that one. And that, and so I just thought that was cool. You know, it got me excited. Um, you know, let, let's get back to kind of like the renovations you do. So obviously you're not buying anything turnkey. You're buying stuff that's more distressed and you're adding value that way. So your material, for example, you gotta be buying a decent amount of material with all these units. Where are you getting that material from usually? Most of our stuff we buy in Lowe's. We are uh, most of the time or all the time. I think we are their number one uh, client in pro services in the uh, Lowe's Simon Drive. Um, so obviously they treat us well. They uh, give us aggressive pricing. Depends on the, um, the on the, on the product. product. Yes, yeah. some um, lumber and stuff. We hardly get anything. Mailboxes we would get more. Depends on what it is. Uh, so most of our stuff we buy over there, it's it's easier to have it in one place and there is a great team over there that work with us. Uh, some stuff we would buy in Erie or, or Home Depot or Windows we would buy uh, buy somewhere else or shingles, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, you got to keep your uh, cost in check for materials. You got to keep your cost in check for labor. And this is something I learned when I had the retail business. I used to buy cosmetics from these big companies and then uh, sell them at, at, the, at the mall. So every cent or every five cent that you save on a product is something that goes in your uh, profit on your bottom line. Right. So then uh, you learn to appreciate uh, the power of saving every cent on everything. So if you did the renovation at a $15,000 less than what the market price for it, you made a profit of $15,000 right there. Um, and you've introduced me to that program with Lowe's, uh, yeah. Lowe's Pro account, or however you want to say it, uh, LAR. Yeah. yeah, Lowe's Pro Services, and uh, we just happen to work with Lowe's. Home Depot have the same thing over there. It's the uh, also Pro Services or uh, bidding room, whatever they call it over there. Uh, but what you want to do is build a relationship, uh, ideally with one store, and give them most of your business. And once they see you give them enough volume, they'll uh, treat you right. Don't come and expect to get 50% off if you buy uh, $3,000 a year in uh, one of these stores. Right. So I went over to the pro desk. I was like, hey, uh, my, my friend Nemo told me I should come over here. Immediately, everyone knew who you were because they were like, he, you know, he keeps us they busy. They opened the red carpet for you. Huh? Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're like, okay, this, right this way, sir. I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, taking advantage of something like that you know, not to get into their program or anything, but immediately you get 5% off basically everything. Yeah. And if you're buying, like I was buying flooring in bulk, I was buying almost 2000 square feet of flooring for a building. And you know, I just called the rep. Here's the, the item number of what I want. Here's how much I need. What can you guys do on price? And you know, they knocked it down well below that 5% because they're happening to mark up there. And that helps on your renovations, you know, versus just going to buy whatever is there. 
Yeah, and for, for the, those of you that have a little more uh, extra time, you can go in these uh, stores to Lowe's, Home Depot, some flooring stores, and every once in a while you'll see they have this uh, thousand square feet or two thousand square feet of this one flooring they're doing a clearance on or this backsplash. So when I used to go to these stores, I always used to pick up some backsplash at two dollars a square foot and the retail is uh, normally ten dollars or uh one time i bought two pallets of travertine floors <laughs> which are very expensive uh normally like four or five dollars a foot square, square foot. foot yeah and i bought them for 50 cents a square foot oh, wow. <laughs> um and your basement is just filled with extra crap yeah like extra i stopped material. doing it because i still have some stuff over there we don't use uh and we have the tools and everything but uh yeah. So what are you doing? Obviously, you're buying homes at a discount for sure. There's no question asked. What are you doing to be aggressive to get these homes? Are you, I'm, I'm assuming, I know the answer to this, but for the audience, I'm assuming you're buying cash, quick close. Like, like what are you making attractive to the seller? Well, a few things. First of all, um, ideally, you want to buy something that is off market. That's uh, that's granted. If, if you're... Um, Talking with the seller directly off market, you're uh, the only game in town. You're the one person that negotiating the price with them most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't. Co- and with this market right now, if something is on the market, you're competing with so many other people looking to buy properties. Especially today, yeah. It's a seller's market. And then uh, you're also talking with the seller directly, and there is no agent involved. And uh, if he happens to have a good agent that understand the market and understand the potential, they're going to advise them to put it at a very high price or, or a price that doesn't make sense to us anymore. So that's one. And then uh, we try to buy it only in cash. We do quick closing, 30 days. Uh, we write the contract, no inspection, no contingency. And we really... Um, so sometimes we're not going to be the highest bidder on the property, but we give some other value as quick close. Yep. We They know we're going to close. Um, and you're known in the, in the area. Yeah, and pe- people know us. They know we close. We close quick and we're not playing games with inspection. And some someone might write a five or $10,000 higher contract, but they do a home inspection. Then they're going to ask for credits. Right, or so, back out altogether. Or back out, yeah. So we do one walkthrough. Um, and, and that's our inspection. Sometimes we don't go in the building because that's sometimes make it harder to buy it. They don't want you to go inside or the they keep on pushing. Yeah. Tenant, so yeah. a few years ago, we started just buying them side. I mean, we would do a drive by. Look right, at next right. year. And the way we do it, we would just assume, OK, let's assume the worst inside. We need to gut everything. And this is what it typically costs us to renovate this size of uh, apartments. This is what it's going to cost us. And we can pay this much for this building right? Uh, without going inside. So, And if we went inside and it's not falling apart, we made some extra profit. Yeah, exactly. And if it is falling apart, we, we still according to plan. We're on budget because we planned for it. Right, exactly. You had that contingency plan in there, worst case scenario. Um, how are you getting in contact with these off-market buyers? So these, you know, or excuse me, these off-market sellers? Uh, just need to get a hold of them. Um Obviously, you can get information of uh, the public records. Uh, we have uh, people getting referred to us. And then you just need to be... Uh, you do mailers too, right? Sometimes you send We letters. do mailers. Uh, you just need to be aggressive. I was looking at the uh, that house over there on uh, McBride the other day. And then yep. I start talking with the neighbors. I talk with the tenant to talk with the owner next door. And, right. Um, you know, you, you have to be proactive. Uh, there is many ways to do it. There is there is no uh, one 
way to do it. Just uh, just being creative, really. Yeah, creative and uh, make sure people uh, people know you are looking for houses. You talk with your attorney, with your neighbor, with your clients, uh, all my workers. We always uh, are on the lookout, offer some uh, incentive for your employees or your friends if. Well, like sometimes I, I, you know, I shadowed you, you know, we went over, checked out properties that you were working on or yeah. even went and looked at properties and you, you know, the tenant was outside at the house next door. You're like, Oh, you know, how are you doing? Oh, good. You know, uh, do you, ha- you, you rent, right? Yes. Okay. What's your landlord's number? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And they give it to you yeah. and then you call the landlord. You know what I did over the weekend? I'm waiting for the signed contract. Hopefully it's going to go through, but I was driving around, uh, next to the hospital where I own some houses uh, like check. McBride area, like Laurel? Uh, McBride, Laurel, all that. We yep. own a bunch of them now. Um, so I was driving next to the last one we bought, and then um, I saw this uh, yard sale mm-hmm. uh, sign, yeah. garage sale, yard sale. So I call up, hey, I saw you guys have the yard sale uh, sign outside. And she's like, yes. And I told her, uh, I was wondering if you guys would sell the house as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, oh, no, we're not selling. But you know what? Actually... The person next door is about to sell his house. He was doing painting today. I'm like, great, give me his number. I called him, I hit him up, uh, went to look at it on Monday and just uh, wrote him the contract today when it hopefully it's going to uh, come back. There you go. So it's just being creative, networking, talking yeah, to people. Yeah, three family off market. A um, little more than what we typically pay for them, but rent the numbers and even after renovation, we'll have some um, good upside over there. And yeah. it's in the neighborhood. We're trying to buy more and more properties. We try... We try to buy uh, in bulk. We try to uh, buy streets, blocks, take over a neighborhood and improve the entire uh, area. So, Are you just doing regular long-term leases or are you doing any short-term rentals as well? Our, uh, our core business is a one or two-year lease. Yep. And then uh, we have a few units that we do short-term on like Airbnb and um, travel nurses and stuff like that. And how do those do for you? Usually pretty well. Uh, we crushing it. Yeah, all right, there you go. That, that's what I want to hear. I, I learned how to do it uh, in Miami when yeah. I had the place over there and I was there like six or four months out of the year and I used to Airbnb it when I was in Syracuse. Uh, became good at it and most of my friends in Miami, they do only short-term rentals. Uh, and then I had that one house in uh, Milton I bought from the land bank. We oh. fixed up. I was supposed to sell it. Is that the yellow one? Yep. Yeah, yeah I remember. The one I told you to buy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you thought it's a bad deal back then. Today it's worth uh, probably at least 50% more wow. than what it was back then. And you Airbnb that one and it does really yeah, well? Yeah, so it, it didn't sell. It was appraised for 170 We had it on the market. Uh, everything was brand new, but we didn't get any offers. It was, I guess, expensive for the neighborhood at the time. It was right. a few years ago. People aren't used to those renovations in these yeah. areas. Those yeah. Uh, so although the building was appraised for 170 we didn't get a single offer at it. So we, uh, it was winter. We furnished it. We started Airbnb in it. Uh, we did very well. And, and then we um, every year we had in one or two more Airbnbs uh, just, just on the side, just a few of them. Just to kind of diversify the portfolio a little yeah, bit. Yeah, mainly single families. Right. It's, uh, it's tough to do it with multis sometimes because you may disturb other tenants. Yeah, and, and there is also um, there is also potential to make more revenue on an apartment if you are being binned versus um, long term. But for me, it doesn't worth the time it takes us and our my team and resources we put into managing an Airbnb for right. an apartment. It's very so, hands-on. Yes, yeah, so it's yes, it's more money, but is it really worth our time for an apartment? No, for a house, yes. 
So for those of you are listening and thinking on Airbnb, um, yes, if you do it right, there is more money in it. Uh, you'll make more revenue and more profit for the same amount of taxes and insurance and uh, landscaping and all that stuff. But uh, running short-term rental is running a business. It's not another rental property. It's running a business besides running the real estate. Uh, so more work, more hustle and bustle. But if you do it right, uh, you'll make uh, more profit at the end of the year. And like you, obviously, you can't make all your units Airbnb or else there'd be 200 more Airbnbs in the Syracuse yes. market. It wouldn't be able to sustain, you know, oh, sustain for, that. Yeah, in Syracuse, it will probably be... Too, too much right. for Syracuse, much, for sure. Much too much. And it's uh, and again, I'll need to hire, I don't know, probably five or ten more people to... Uh, do turnovers, do management, everything. To, to manage right. and, uh, 190 more units of Airbnb. Right, that would be crazy. Um, talk to us about... I know you have a certain style of renovating when you go into units. Talk to us about kind of tips and tricks that you... When you go to renovate a unit... Are there certain spots you like to put washer and dryers or even add washer and dryers? Are there certain floor plans? What are you what are you seeing that tenants want, tenants need, and make it more attractive to your units? So because we do everything from the um, acquisition to the construction, then the property management and the leasing, when I go in to look at a, a new building we buy and they're mostly uh, falling apart, distressed, when I do the construction design, I design it from the point of how the girls in the office gonna try to lease it and how the picture gonna look when they take the picture when it's a finished product. Right. And then we try to eliminate if somebody coming to look at the apartment, oh, the bedroom is too small or, or there is no closet. So we try to create all the solutions for, for what uh, renters wanna see. We try to create an open concept. Uh, we put money in our kitchens and baths. They always stand up. Oh yeah. Uh, people, we known for for this type of stuff. So uh, when we put our units on the market, they they stand out. They're more high high end units. Uh, we try to do open concept floor plan, put in island whenever we can, wherever we physically have the space to add uh, washer and dryer in unit. We add it, uh, which we, is big. That one right there, washer and dryer in unit, because traditionally these buildings the washer and dryer hookups are usually in the basement oh yeah oh yeah and they're old they're nasty you know it's filled with spider webs versus you have it in this nice clean environment right in the living area yeah and then in the bathrooms and showers we try to do nice tile work on the walls and do soap nooks and now we start adding even uh glass door shower uh uh doors so we we spend uh more money than what typically people do um but then the finished product, once we're done, is is a good-looking apartment. That is, uh, the layout is uh, optim optimized and uh, some of the best units I've seen in the area. Yeah, by far. And and uh, we charge a uh, high rent. We charge high rent, which uh, narrow down the 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 tenants that looking for it. So you get doctors, nurses, young professionals. Um, Grad students, so... Right, you're not getting Section 8 tenants or someone who's on unemployment or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't discriminate. We of just course. have uh, we just have a very strict uh, way of how we screen people as far as credit score. They need to meet a certain credit score and they need to make at least three times the rent in income. Um, and, and also... Um, so, so, yeah, it, it's the whole thing. And... Um, Buying a property right and fixing it nice, it, it's it's one part of the business. And then 
how you manage it and screen the business and keep on maintaining the property, it's uh, at least 50% of the business. Of course, yeah. Because you can buy something that is cash flowing and it's working great, but you make one mistake and put the wrong tenant over there and they're not paying rent. And now with COVID and everything, they can be there for a year. Oh, it's a mess. Uh, and yeah. we have a few of those, unfortunately, and those are people that we inherited when right. we bought these distressed buildings. When you and, bought uh, the properties, yeah. They came with some tenants that are not paying rent. Uh, nothing we can do. Some of them are not paying rent for a year. Right. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying, oh, you, you should take that, but with so many units, you can absorb it easier than someone yeah. with four units. If they only have four units in their entire portfolio and one person's not paying, they're 25% delinquent. Oh, yeah. But if you have 200 units and two people aren't paying, you know, you're only, what, 1% delinquent. Yeah, no, we, we're doing okay. Um, so purchasing the properties, you're using cash. Yeah. Is it your cash? Is it someone else's cash? Hard money, private money? What we, we do about? a... 99% of the time we sign a cash deal and then we either actually use um, cash from the bank or we would use a hard money loan, which is same um, same as far as the seller. They're getting uh, uh, the money in full in 30 days or whatever. And, and then we would put 20% down and um, get short-term financing at a higher interest rate. Yep, We would uh, fix the building rent it out with new tenants, and once we're all done, we, we typically would take a group of a few properties and not just one, bring them to the bank and do, do a, like a blanket mortgage. Yeah, take a few properties and do cash out refi on a few of them at once uh, with permanent financing at a lower interest rate, pay the existing hard money uh, loans we have, and then um, uh, cash out most of the time, more money out back to the and company. Then, and then repeat it, right? Just yeah. Just like a burr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I... I remember, you, you, uh, I believe it was maybe at one of my meetups or something, you came to check it out at my office, and or maybe I mentioned it to you, and you're like, what, you know, what is this burr? What no, is you recommend me some books, and then one of them have this uh, burr. Right, and you're like, what is this burr analogy? Yeah. And, I, and I said, Nemo, it's what you've been doing for <laughs> almost 10 years now. You know, <laughs> you just didn't know the name of it. So people have always been doing it for years. It's just someone finally coined the phrase, I guess you could say. Yeah. They've made it a little bit more... Yeah, so I, I didn't really invent anything we do over here. It's, um, you know, we're not doing anything that is rocket science. Yeah. It's just, uh, with everything you do, there is little ways and little tricks on, on how to do things a little better with uh, with finding the properties, with uh, where we're doing the renovations a little nicer, where we try to optimize the floor plans and, and get the best tenants and, and give great customer service and then build relationships with uh with the banks with uh with the city with uh with your contractors with your team and then people that sell you a house they would call you to sell you another one and yep. they would refer friends so also general way of doing business if you're doing things right more good things are coming oh definitely yeah and you, you've shown that and you know it's cool when i'm out there in the field i'm showing properties and then two doors over i know it's your property being worked <laughs> on because yeah. I, I know the style that you usually go after. Again, you go kind of above and beyond what most people do. And, you know, when I see the unit or see the exterior, it's like, okay, that's Nemo's paint scheme, you know, or that's Nemo's layout, that's Nemo's materials, or even that's some of Nemo's workers. So it's yeah. just funny. I'm out there showing other clients' properties and I run into your properties because it's your territory. Yeah. It, it was, so it was funny. I'll tell this story. I remember this was like a year ago. Um, a direct marketing company wanted me to represent them or be like an affiliate for them. And so I said, okay, if you want me to use your product, 
I want you to give it to me for free so I know it can work. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I, what do you want to do? I said, okay, uh, two to four units in these zip codes. And you owned a lot and part of one of those zip codes. Mm-hmm. So I remember you sent me a picture of like 14 mailers on your desk <laughs> from me. And you're like, what is this? Are you trying to come to my territory? What's going on a little death and, thing? <laughs> and I said, no, no. It's just it happened to be that you, you know, you were in the same, you know, zip the, the code, zip yeah. code veered into your, you know, quote unquote territory. And so I actually, you know, vetted a lot of those leads. And I tried giving you some of those just to, you know, help with your business. Yeah. So it all kind of worked out, which is no. Funny. You hooked me up with that one house on Oak. Uh, well, it wasn't yep. from the mailers, but the agent you sent it to me, and I ended up buying it. Oh, you did uh, end up buying that one? Three eleven. Oh, okay, awesome. I didn't know that. So, no, this is uh, Nemo. This has been awesome. This has been a treat. I really appreciate you. You know, finally making the time because for yes. the listeners, how how much of the year are you in Israel or Florida usually? Right now, every year I. Uh, Let's put it this way. Right now, I'm at the point that I don't need to be in Syracuse at all. Um, the business is uh, running. I, I'm not really involved with the day-to-day with the tenants and stuff like that. Um, so it depends. Yeah, um, but let's say at least six months of, out of the year, I'm not here. Right. So, you know, I don't see you for six months or so. So when you're here, we connect, and I appreciate that. So um this has been awesome. Let's go over to our next section of the show called the Curious Cues. I'm going to throw some questions at you that we ask all of our guests. We'll get your answer. You ready? Go ahead. All right. First question is favorite podcast you enjoy listening to? Uh, the Dante podcast, of course. Uh, the Dante, <laughs> yes, the Dante podcast. Uh, no, but uh, seriously, I listen to your podcast, uh, The Bigger Pockets, uh, and Lifetime Cashflow. Okay, awesome. Uh, how about favorite book you enjoy reading or a book that's really changed your, you know, your life for you, the trajectory of where you're going? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And uh, probably most of you read it, but if not, make sure you get it tonight and yeah. uh, get on it because I uh, read it many years ago and it really uh, gave me the basic of understanding of what today looks like. It just makes sense to me, but it's something that I didn't understand before. Right. So you, did you read that book before you got started in real estate? Yes. Was it before you got started in the retail business too? Or like kind of in the between I there? think it was sometime while I was in the retail business. I was doing business. I was making money. But after reading it and starting real estate, uh, things have changed with the way I look at money and assets and, and all that stuff. Right. I mean, that one book with the exception of the Bible, has changed so many people's lives and is yeah. so powerful. You know, it's just every everywhere you go, people are talking about that purple book. And I, if you're listening to a podcast, you've heard of the book. Oh, yeah. Um, you've read it. And, you know, I know exactly where it is in my house. And sometimes I pull it out just kind of a refresher, you know, assets versus liabilities. I have it under my pillow. No, yeah, just exactly. There you go. <laughs> it's going to turn into money, right? No, yeah. I'm just, I, and you, you were saying before we hop on this, you know, buy the house before you buy the Ferrari or something, you know. Oh, yeah. Buy the asset that's going to produce income for you. I mean, I if anyone's listening to the show. Yeah, if you're making $150,000 a year on your day job, don't run and buy a Maserati. Yes, you can lease it, but you better off go and buy some houses or a house or two every year. And then from their cash flow, if they can uh, pay for the lease of this Maserati, go ahead. Before right. that... Not the best move. Vroom, vroom, you know? <laughs> so uh, biggest hurdle in real estate you've overcome. So you've been doing this for about 10 years, maybe more. What do you th- would say is the biggest hurdle you've had to overcome? The beginning. The beginning is the hardest. Transitioning from uh, having a retail marketing company, making two, three hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, 
taking your money, putting it into buildings and you don't make anything. Well, they're vacant and you fix them up. And then after you finish, yes, you're making a few dollars uh, a month for a year, but it, you, you can't really live out of it. You need to have a lot of, lot of real estate to uh, really make uh, income to uh, provide, yeah. you know? So it's uh, the beginning is the hardest, uh, especially with me starting in trying to build a portfolio and not flipping them. Um, so right, because yeah. you're buying a holding. You're not yeah. flipping all these properties. Occasionally, you'll sell some stuff and flip it off. Yeah, but. rarely, but uh, we, we mainly uh, buy and hold. Uh, so begin the beginning was the hardest for me, but uh, and of course there is struggles and things that are hard. If it was uh, easy, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. You know? um, favorite non real estate related hobby. So what do you like doing in your free time? I know you got a hot tub on your second floor porch yeah. here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> might jump after the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I like uh, I like to cook and entertain. I like to uh, do wave surfing, pedal boarding, uh, being on the beach, uh, travel. This year I'm gonna do a bunch of traveling, um, spending time with family, with friends, and. Uh, I really like uh, doing the real estate, uh, I know. the construction, the construction design. For me, it's it's not just um, a it's business; not, it's a, it's a it's passion. Yeah, I enjoy it's fun it for us. I enjoy taking something that is falling apart and then uh, making a few months or a year later, it's it's the best house on the street. So there is uh, we take pride of at what we do. Pe- people always ask me like, "Oh, how do you enjoy work?" I'm like, "I don't work. I." I play every day. I have fun. I love what I do. It's like real life monopoly. Yeah. You know, it, it's what we're doing and, and wouldn't have it any other way. Yes. Um, newbie advice. So what advice would you give to someone that's looking to get started in this space? Uh, try to get some education. When I started, I didn't really get any education, but there is so much out there today for free. So get some education and then just jump in the water. Um, Again, it might not be your best deal ever, but... Uh, it's taking that action. Yeah, you need to start and uh, you're going to experience and then you're going to go to the next one. I love it. Well, now's the time of the show, Nemo. Plug in where people can contact you if they want to invest with you or just pick your brain on some questions they have. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook at uh, Nemo, N-I-M-O, Almog, A-L-M-O-G, or uh, Insta at... Uh, Nemo, N-I-M-O, underscore Almog, A-L-M-O-G. He, he posts beautiful stories of the sunset in Israel. It just makes you super jealous. Yes, when I'm in Syracuse, you're going to see a lot of constructions and houses we buy and office activity. When I'm not here, you'll see uh, mainly traveling and some other stuff. But uh, you can also uh, follow our uh, company page, Coral Real Estate LLC. Yep, Coral Sy- Real Estate LLC. In Syracuse, New York, we have a lot of properties over there, and we try to put some of our activity and, and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a good time, right? Pleasure. We finally got to do it. I love it. We'll so. do it again. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. We appreciate you uh, attending this week's episode. Uh, it's always appreciative if you head over to Apple Podcasts Rate us a five-star rating and review. It definitely helps out the show. And with that, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.